nós teremos que fazer um trabalho we would have to do some work with our imagination and put in some effort to be able to come closer to the reality of the fiery worlds or the fiery levels because these levels or these worlds are our next stage in evolution we are not going to stay forever on these physical, etheric, emotional and mental thought levels Our path is to go beyond these levels. And beyond the mental thought level, it is beyond this mental level that the fiery worlds begin, that these levels of consciousness begin. So what we call fiery world or what we call fiery levels is this state of consciousness that begins at our highest mental point, at that part of our mind that does not think, that does not produce thought, but that reflects the reality of the higher levels. So the fiery world or these higher levels are beyond our thought. They begin when our thought ends and we begin to have intuition. This is where the fiery world begins. So this fiery world begins in us on our abstract mental level, that part of the mind that does not think but uses intuition. It goes through the intuitive world, the spiritual world, the monadic and the divine. So there are four planes of consciousness or four levels of consciousness that we are not very accustomed to using. And often we go to these levels unconsciously, often during sleep or some experiences of the soul. So these fiery worlds, these fiery levels that are our next dwelling place, our next step, these are superhuman levels, they are not human levels. This is why we need imagination and we need to put in a certain effort to be able to imagine this or to be in contact with this. Each level of consciousness, each dimension, can correspond to a world. So there is an infinite number of worlds, and each of the dimensions there is a world, and each world has its own laws, each world has its inhabitants. So we have many brothers and sisters in an infinity of worlds, All these inhabitants, all these laws, all this is included in the law of evolution. So we can transmigrate to another world if we transmigrate the focus of our consciousness to another level or to another dimension. If we enter another dimension, we will find a world there with all its inhabitants and its laws. Each world of these functions like a school. Each of these worlds serves as a field of learning for those who are in it. And when we finish one kind of learning in a certain world, we normally transmigrate to a more advanced world in another dimension or on another level. It doesn't have to be on another planet. It can be in the same planet on another level, in another dimension. So these worlds are not physical and are not on the surface. These worlds are in the inner part of the earth, not on the physical earth, in the inner part of the earth, in the spiritual part of the earth, or in the deepest parts of the earth as consciousness. 
So we transmigrate, we go to these worlds, and we are still within the same planetary sphere. A world like these, for us, from our point of view, is an enormous stretch of time. If we were to count up how long we've been in this world, how many incarnations we have been living in this world, in this physical world of the surface. So for us, a world like this, or passing through a world like this, is something very lengthy. However, each world like this is a tiny part, a moment along our pathway from world to world. So we need to be in this world without getting lost here. Although this appears to be stable, although this seems that we are always here, because we have been incarnating here hundreds of times, we have to perceive, we have to be able to feel that this is an instant along our pathway. And how many worlds have we already been through and how many worlds are we still going to go through? So we have a pathway along these worlds and we begin to get to know them and each one of them is a school for us. So when we change worlds, it's because we have to learn a new lesson. We have to live other laws, live other lives. Worlds that are not only physical, this is evident, inner worlds, subtle worlds, higher worlds, intraterrestrial worlds, and so forth. During the present stage of our observations, we are very familiar with this material world. This is practically the one world we know, the world with which we are in contact. A part of us is in contact with it because our soul or our inner bodies can be in contact with other worlds. But consciously, we are in contact with this world, with this material world, which for us encompasses the physical, the emotional, and the mental levels. So this world, that is the world of human living, the world of human life, appears to be very subtle if we look at our minds, if we look at our emotions. So this appears to be very subtle. But this is the most material thing that exists as world. This is the densest material world, our physical world, this our emotional world, and this our mental world. The characteristic of this material world where we live, the characteristic of this world is that in this world, the forms, the appearances, hide the essence. So we live in a world in which the essence of things is hidden. We live in a world in which we are only aware of the appearances, the essence itself we cannot perceive with our material senses, with our physical senses. We live in a world that has these characteristics. It only shows us illusions. Beginning with our form, our image, this is such an illusionary world, a world that presents itself in such an unreal way in a certain sense, that this world goes so far as to convince us that we are these things that have a name, these bodies, these forms. See the characteristics of this world? And since we have to be in this world, we have to consider always that we are only passing through because we cannot go on being ignorant this way. How can we keep on facing people facing the illusion they show us, this body, this way of being, this temperament? All this is illusion. All this is not essence. And the world only shows us this. 
And so, if we are in this world without listening to the other worlds, without being linked to other kinds of life, to other levels, to other dimensions, we run the risk of considering that a being, that human beings, are their biography, their faces, their work, their action, their personality. See how this is typical of this world, how the world shows what it really is not. Because as we go more in depth into this, when we have inner contact with other worlds that show us other things, especially with our inner world, especially with our inner essence, we begin to discover other things about ourselves, about others, about the beings. So in a dream, for example, you can get in touch with some aspect of yourself that this world has never shown, that this world has never revealed, or that could never have been revealed in this world. Do you see how worlds can become frustrated? In this world, a soul can be incarnate during hundreds of incarnations and never reveal itself, always showing appearances, always showing the external part, the formal part, the illusory part. So speaking this way and looking at things this way brings us a stimulus for us to transcend this world, for us to be in direct contact with other forms of life, in which we can have a wider contact with reality, especially our inner reality. For example, if we were to ask if our soul is masculine or feminine, who could answer this? because this world expresses things in an illusory physical way that sometimes is the opposite of the soul's polarity. So a being can exist in a female body and have a masculine soul or be in a male body and have a feminine soul. So see what the world is. Now this world has to be this way because the way it is, it has an energy it has what we call a fire because it's not only in the fiery worlds that there is fire, that there is this active element. In this physical world, in this illusory world, this fire also exists. The fire of the spirit combined with the fire of matter here in this world, this causes matter, this which is so illusory, to become transformed, to become divinized. So this is why we are in this world. We are in this world because the fire of our spirit, our fiery spirit, the fire of our higher levels, our fiery world, needs to become incarnated here to send this fire, to send this energy from our superhuman levels to this world here. And this is the way for this illusory matter, this dense matter, to become shattered, to become transformed and to become divinized. Now, if we who have come into this world to do this, if we arrive here and forget this, and we amuse ourselves, we busy ourselves, life after life, millennium after millennium, living in inertia, without getting out of this, incarnating and disincarnating, incarnating again and disincarnating again, and living the same things. The period changes, the gender changes, the country changes, the nation changes, the time changes, but we go on living exactly the same things. So we have to be very watchful here. 
and recognize our role here. Because if we don't recognize our role here, which is to serve as a conduit for this fire of our spirit, of our fiery levels, of our inner levels, If we don't begin to transmit this fire to the matter of this world, if we are not really fulfilling here that which we have come to do, that is to collaborate, to do our part, for matter to become less misleading, less illusory, for this matter to show what it really is deep down, because deep down this matter also has light, light in its essence, and it is our fiery flame, this fire from our higher levels, it's this fire that goes through us as material as we may be, as dense as we may be, as deceived as we may be, just the way we are, this fire penetrates us, this fire streams through us and goes into matter and transforms this matter, changes the configuration of this matter. This is what we do in an occult way. This is the reason why we are in life. So we would have to assess our movements, look at our energy, examine our external life, because through all these we are generating force, we are generating energy with our movements, with our life, with our way of being. We are taking part in this the whole time. So we have to examine what we are giving to this matter which to begin with is a part of our bodies, mental matter which forms the mental body, emotional matter which forms the emotional body, and physical matter which forms the physical etheric body. What are we doing in this matter? Are we giving in to inertia? Inertia means living, dying, incarnating, reincarnating, coming back again, living the same thing. In this frame of reference, we can consider this inertia in which we can recognize ourselves in a more advanced frame of reference, in a more evolved frame of reference. We begin to recognize, we begin to see with the light from our inner world, the light from our fiery world. So if we don't bring about this change in our consciousness, if we don't recognize what we really have come to do here, and that we are really living here, doing all that we do, being born, dying, reincarnating, let's not consider ourselves to be this, because these are circumstances, these are situations of this world, these are eventualities of this world, these are facts, these are characteristics of a split second in our life, in our total life. Imagine if our total life, which is eternity, if we were to spend the whole time dying and reincarnating, which appears to be so important, which appears to be so basic, that when people disincarnate, such a big fuss is made over it. When someone incarnates, a big fuss is made over the event. In this illusory world, all this illusion, all this mechanism, this unreal mechanism, because all of this is simply a moment in our lives. Why do we incarnate, disincarnate, incarnate again? These are empty words because we are eternal. We are always alive in the eternal now. In the eternal now, we are not born and we don't die at any time. In the eternal now, we don't grow. We don't do things. Can you see what the energy of this fiery world can do in us? What change it can bring about in us? By this fiery world and by these fiery levels of consciousness, which we would have to imagine and eventually begin to feel, and there are beings who already feel this. And how do we know we are feeling this? We are feeling this because we no longer notice time going by. 
We don't make much distinction among the various phases of our life. Here in this illusory world, we make a mountain out of a molehill from childhood and another mountain out of a molehill from adolescence, the problems of adolescence, then another mountain out of a molehill from adulthood, another mountain out of a molehill from the moment one encounters the previous incarnation. If all this were to be looked at within the whole of life, within the totality of our pathway, within the totality of the worlds, this is really nothing. All this is nothing. In the fiery world, that is not made up of these things. In the fiery world, there is no past, no future, none of these things that we are talking about. They are all things of this world. Then this fiery world, this area of our consciousness, this higher level of our being, this is not composed of matter. It's something different. It's something completely unimaginable. We can use our imagination up to the mental thought level. The fiery world, the higher level, from the intuitive up to the divine, is not made up of matter. It has no water, it has no earth. So we can't imagine it, because we can only imagine things that are made up of these elements in some way. And this does not contain matter. It's not made up of matter. It's not made up of anything we know. So here we really have to have a calling to reach all this. We have to have a stimulation to attain this. It is not made up of anything we know. So it is ridiculous to speak of the fiery world and want to describe the fiery world because you cannot describe what is there. What is there is not made up of matter. What is there is an element that is indescribable here because it is very occult. It's the cosmic ethers. There's no water, no earth, no air there. What is there are cosmic ethers with the essence of fires, but not the kind of fire we know here, which is a material fire. But this element of the fiery world, which is the cosmic ether, is an element that our mental, our emotional, and our physical etheric levels do not know, and in no way can they even imagine. Now, on the fiery levels of our consciousness, because we live in these worlds, we are there, what we need to do is to bring this experience down here. What we need is to become aware of this experience, because there in the fiery world, we really do exist. We even have bodies there except that they are not mental, emotional, and physical etheric bodies. Our bodies in this world are of another nature. They are bodies that cannot even become materialized because they don't have these elements that make materialization possible. So there we don't have anything that looks like our visible bodies or like our subtle bodies. Nothing at all that looks like these. So at this stage of our life, at this stage of our evolution, we would have to ask ourselves, what bodies do I have to be able to function in the fiery worlds? Or rather, what body of mine is there? What part of me is living in that world? What part of me is functioning and evolving there? What part of me is this? What part of my being? Do you see how we gradually get into this? We have to ask ourselves these questions, and we really have to be interested in the answer. Because, after all, I say to myself, I, with my physical body, with this emotional body, 
with this mental body, with these bodies, I won't get beyond the world of thought. Because where can I go with my physical body? I can only go so far up to these physical, external, material places. Where can I go with my emotional body? With my emotional body, I can only go as far as the earthly astral level. I cannot go any farther than the earthly astral level. With my astral body, with my emotional body, I can only go as far as the level of the discarnate beings and no farther. Where can I go with my mental body? How far can I go with my mental body? With this concrete mental body that we know here and which we deal with very consciously, with this concrete mental body, with this part of my mind, I cannot go any farther than my capacity to think. As far as my thoughts can move around, I can go there with my mental body. Or if some other mind, some other mental body expounds an idea, I can accompany it with my mental body. But I can only go as far as that human idea with my mental body. In the mental world, I go as far as the limits of my thoughts. If I am not capable of thinking something that I never thought before, my mental body can't go there. So the greater part of my mental level is unknown to me. We don't have to remain limited in this way because our fiery dimension, our part that is focused on the intuitive or the spiritual or the monadic or the divine levels, which are levels of our consciousness, all this is to become manifest in this stage of our evolution. It's evident that our bodies which, which function in these worlds are not going to become materialized. In a certain way, we can consider our external bodies as a manifestation of our inner worlds, of our inner bodies. But this is clearly divided, well separated, and these things do not mix. Our physical body, our emotional astral body, and our mental body do not enter those levels unless they are attracted to them and find the doors open, or if the energy, the consciousness of these levels comes down here. So how do we function on these levels? How do we exist? How are we alive on these fiery levels in this fiery world? We function and are alive there with bodies that we have to develop. So you can see why in spiritual work that pertains to higher levels of consciousness, we do not give priority to the physical, nor the emotional, nor the mental thought bodies. We don't deal with these bodies and these levels as priority because it's up to us to get in touch with and to find and to cooperate with the development of our bodies that function in these worlds. So I already have my bodies sufficiently well developed to continue reincarnating here. But with these mental, emotional, astral and physical etheric bodies, we will not surpass this limit. We will not go beyond this limit with these bodies. We will not get beyond the earthly mental level, our earthly mental level that is even more limited than the mental level of the earth. So knowing this, and with the stimulus from these fiery levels, and with the call from these fiery worlds, at our present stage of evolution, we would have to see what is our communication in this evolutionary stage with our body that comes right after the mental body. What am I doing to communicate with this body, which is the causal body? What am I doing to communicate with this? What am I doing to contribute towards and to cooperate with the evolution of my spiritual body, which is the body I have on the spiritual level. What am I generating 
in order to maintain contact with or for the energy to descend from the body of my monad, for example. And these bodies are on the fiery levels. They are the bodies of ours that are there. Of all these higher bodies, the causal body is the one that is more developed. So for now, let's put aside the mental, the emotional, astral, and the physical etheric bodies because these already belong to a past stage and are outside of our field of interest. We are now facing a kind of mystery as to what is this causal body, which is our body, for us to function above the level of thoughts. In the world of thoughts, we function with our mental body, which is a material body. Now, to go beyond this earth-to-earth thoughts of humanity, to go beyond this earth-to-earth level of thinking, we need another body, the causal body. And this body exists. This body is what we call the body of our soul, the body of our high self, which also has a body. We have this nucleus of consciousness that some call the soul, others call the high self, which is a level of consciousness of ours, a nucleus of consciousness of ours, that today is on the intuitive plane, on the intuitive level. So there, on the intuitive level, I have a body, the causal body. What body is this? I have to discover this body. I have to get in touch with this body. I have to use this body. Or I have to, I should, take part in the activities of this body. Because this causal body, this body I have on the intuitive level, which is already the fiery world, so it is this body of mind in the fiery world on the intuitive level, it is in this body that all my positive experiences are recorded. It is in this body that all the qualities that we have developed since the beginning, since the first incarnation, are recorded, are developed. So this is a precious body. And when we get in touch with it, we are in contact with all that is best in us we are in contact with our more evolved essence. See the difference between contacting this body and being in touch with these bodies that we use here. So in this intuitive world, on this level of the fiery world, we have this causal body that synthesizes all our qualities. Now, this causal body is still not the body that, for example, is beyond the law of incarnation, so much so that the soul to which this body belongs reincarnates. In this causal body, all our reincarnations are recorded. All our history is recorded there. Except that within this body, only what was positive in our history is recorded. The synthesis of our experiences is recorded there. It's a very important body. Contact with this causal body, or the soul which is within the causal body, or if this soul or this causal body contacts us with our qualities, including the unknown ones, with our qualities that are not manifested in our current life, or qualities that we have not manifested for many lives, because they are all deposited there, forming a synthesis. With a single contact with this body, we can be in touch with some quality of ours that we could never even conceive, never even be able to imagine, because emotionally, mentally or physically, we might not be manifesting this quality. 
So what we manifest on the dense levels of matter are the minimum limited qualities. They are the minimum for us to develop and live here. But the qualities we have developed, all the best that we have developed in all our lives and that cannot be manifested in a single incarnation, all this is available, this is depositive. This is there, alive, synthesized, perfectly intact in the causal body, there within that body. Therefore, this body is very important because it is always synthesizing. We are continually forming a synthesis within this body of ours because the qualities we are developing are going there all the good that we are doing is going there and being recorded. Some people are so inexperienced that they think the good is to be acknowledged here. No, the good we do is not recognized. It is recorded there and it is never more erased. So the good is not something to be acknowledged or recognized here. Don't even look to the good you do here. You do the good because you have to make matter divine. But this good you do, you should never expect a recompense here. Because this is not the place for the good. So the good you do here and the work that your soul or your bodies do to divinize matter here, this receives no recompense here. Only a complete neophyte, inexperienced, a beginner, will expect the good to produce a return here. This can happen, but only by chance. And when it does produce a return, we don't even know if it is a good or if it is some sort of reflection of the good that had been done or the good that occurred. As you see, when the good happens or when we do something good, we can't even look around at this here. When you are in touch with the good, when you took on the commitment to transmit the good, to fulfill the good, to be the good, don't expect anything from here, because here the good will influence the divinization of matter. But the good does not really exist here. The good exists higher up. The good is recorded in that body. It's recorded in the causal body. And what happens to the causal body when this good is recorded there? Well, if this good is recorded there, we are finally going to perceive the manifestation of the light, which is something we can't come to know here. What we call the light of the mind, or the light of the emotions, or physical light, is not really light, it's almost darkness. If we were to place it before the light that is up there in that body, so that body receives all the qualities that are deposited there. All this is transformed into light, so the body becomes luminous and is transformed into a light-filled body. And then this body can work, this body can carry out very positive action. When this causal body concentrates this light and becomes a luminous body, it is this light from the causal bodies and from the causal level and from this level of consciousness that makes it possible for the planet to keep going along its material pathway. If this causal level if the causal bodies did not have light, did not have this concentrated light, and if this causal level where the souls are, if this were not a luminous level, the planet would not be able to exist materially. Do you see how vital this is for the planet? 
And so the good goes there and is transformed into light, and it is this light that allows the planet to keep on going. It's the light from this causal level. Because below this causal level, below this fiery level, is where the mental level of the planet begins, is where the astral level of the planet begins, is where the physical level of the planet begins, and you know what state these three levels are in. So, how is the planet able to remain intact? How is it that the planet does not disintegrate and has not yet disappeared with all that there is on the planetary mental level, with all that there is on the planetary astral level, and with all that happens on the planetary physical level. Because what takes place on these three levels is enough to have already caused the planet to disintegrate. And why does it not disintegrate? It's because of all this good that is deposited in the causal bodies. It's all this good that is deposited on the level of consciousness of the souls and of these causal bodies. It's this good that is transformed into light, and this light has the power to keep all this intact in spite of everything that happens on the mental level, in spite of everything that happens on the astral level, and everything that happens on the physical level. So see the importance of us having conscious contact with this area of ours, of relating to this level of the synthesis of our qualities. Not only the light that maintains this planet intact that comes from the causal body, from the causal level, because all the causal bodies as light, all the luminous causal levels safeguard the continuity of the planet. Even if humanity detonates a hydrogen bomb here, this will not cause the disintegration of the planet. What determines the continuity of the planet is the causal level. It's the light from this level where our souls have their bodies. So see with what kind of consciousness, with what kind of world our soul, our high self has ongoing contact. And the body of our high self that exists on this level, receiving and depositing and synthesizing all the good that happens on the lower levels. Now we refer to them as the lower levels. So all the good that is generated in the lower worlds, don't expect this good to bring a return on this level, because this is not its level. Here is where the work of the good is carried out and is deposited up there, and as the essence of the good, as a good that has been carried out here and is deposited there, it's there that this good will really work. It's there that this will really act. It's there that it will have its field of work. And besides this light that exists there, that maintains the planet intact, there is something up there that we identify here as being group consciousness. See how important it is for us to get there, because it's the light that holds the planet up, it's the light that keeps the planet going, and it's the level and the body of ours where group consciousness is developed, that is, it's our level, our area, our body, where group consciousness is active, where group consciousness really exists. And you are living, you are experiencing the difference between the self-centered consciousness and group consciousness. We can't call group life or group consciousness this thing that happens here on earth. This is a reflection. Group consciousness, this consciousness that really resolves the question of our smallness, of our wretchedness, that resolves our condition as separate individuals, of individuals only thinking of themselves or only thinking of those who are closely tied to them, closely linked to them through some sort of bond. All this becomes dissolved. There is a way out. This 
this has a cure. We greatly need this causal body to be active here. And this causal body is active here in some ways. For example, when we develop group consciousness, when we begin to value group activity, when we begin to discover that alone we only do our own petty things and that to do something greater, to do something more involved, to do something broader, we have to have a group. Have you discovered this or not yet? We have to have a group to do these things. This is what comes down from that level. This is formed in the causal body. The causal body is not consciousness the way it is here, the consciousness of the ego that says me. In that causal consciousness, it is us. Very naturally, very simply, us, group. Group, that is a consciousness within the causal body and the consciousness of the causal body is a group. And so much so that the souls having this body live in a group situation and the soul is expressed as a group and we don't know our soul well enough yet to know how many groups we are and what groups live in us. And this wisdom is present in this causal body. This causal body has the synthesis of this. And for us not to live group life simply mechanically in theory, because we can have group life that is mechanical only in appearance, where things function very individually, things function in a very ego-centered way, they function the way the persons do, human persons, very personally, within the group, within group life here. But this doesn't remain this way. It is transformed, it is dignified, it is elevated. It is fulfilled in an authentic, true, real way when it comes down from the causal level. Because there it was fulfilled. So a great difference is that here we depend on our minds and on the limits of our capacity to think. And we depend on this kind of group consciousness that is somewhat artificial because when the time comes to really be a group, the personal, the individual concerns come first and the group only comes in second place. You know this, don't you? This is the reality. And so we have to be aware of this. We have to be aware because here we have a different reality. And this reality cannot change only when we live together as a group externally because this can be just an appearance of group because the ego is up front and the person is the most important and the individual continues to function as an individual within the group. And to really live as a group within the kind of group life here on this level seems to be impossible because perfect group life is not possible because here we go on being individual human beings, we continue to be self-centered, we continue to have material concerns, and in view of group work, all this gets in the way. So all that is impossible to be fulfilled here, all that which we can only glimpse as a group, for instance, we only have a glimpse, a slight overlay of this in our lives. This is perfect. This is the way it should be. This is the way it has to be. This is totally fulfilled within the causal level, within the causal body, the body of our soul. And let's try to channel our intention, our will, channel our consciousness to those levels, not to run away from here, 
But to see if finally we can really bring down from there what is perfect there, and it will help to improve what is here. It will help this to become a little less individual, a little less personal here, to grow a little, to become a little less limited, so that here we can begin to get a sense of people's souls and not to go on reacting against what others do to us. Do you see how it is a completely different world? And we have to bring this world down here. And so in our causal body, which in some people is quite mature because they have had hundreds of incarnations, and so this body developed, this body became much more active in them because of the good that was done during those incarnations, because of all that was experienced that was positive throughout the previous lives. And we have to be in close contact with this synthesis with the content of this body. Here we say that our physical body has blood and we consider blood to be the content of the physical body. The content of that body is the good. Do you see the level? The content of that body has nothing to do with the content of these bodies here. The content of the body is good. The content of that body is the light. And so we really have to look to the existence of this body. We have to turn to the existence on this level. Because then it will be able to flow down here, bringing its qualities, and to transform this matter of earthly life, and it will divinize earthly life, which does not become divine through the good that exists down here. We can do good our whole life, and the world stays just the same. You've seen this, haven't you? Because the good doesn't happen here. It goes up there. It is worked on there, it is treated there, it is synthesized there, and then it comes back down here as a force to divinize matter. And so we are working with this, and not really working with social things, with economic things, these things that belong down here, that have no life in them. They have no condition to remain here so as to divinize matter if they are not imbued with this. If things here are not done with one's soul, they have no content in them, they have no content of good in them. They have a practical content and that's all. But they don't have this quality, they don't have this light that comes from the soul there and that infuses the things we do here. So all the good goes up there, is processed there, is transformed into light, is transformed into group consciousness, is transformed into a consciousness that is impossible to be perfectly fulfilled here, but there it is transformed into an outpouring, into an energy that flows down here and will work directly on matter. That is, it will begin to work at the root of all this here. We have to work on this, we have to do this work, because the soul is doing this work. The soul inside the causal body is doing this work, even though we might not be aware of it. This is the work our soul is doing. This is the service our soul is rendering here. And we could be doing this slightly more consciously, and consequently be doing it slightly more perfectly with the energy of the soul here. But we have to remember this body, we have to remember this level, we have to remember this soul, this causal body, which is the body of the soul, because it is there that values are deposited. It is there that we are our true selves, our vanity here, the regard we have for our form here. All this is going to be swallowed up by the earth. All of this, none of this endures, none of this remains. So at a certain point, there has to be this link 
And for this to happen, we have to focus on this level. We have to keep in mind the causal level. We have to keep before us this treasure. There where the good is deposited, there where all the best in our being is deposited and is at hand for the work here on earth, is ready to be used in service here on earth. 